following is a production of the Courier Media Network. Today's episode of the Sports Rundown is presented by Phil Wright Autoplex. Phil Wright Autoplex has all the great deals on new and pre-owned inventory. And if you're looking for the best deal, check out their website, www.philwrightautoplex.com. Phil Wright Autoplex presents the Sports Rundown. This is the most comprehensive sports podcast in all of the River Valley. You're listening to the Courier Sports Rundown on the Courier Media Network. Today's episode is presented by Phil Wright Autoplex. Check out all of the great deals at Phil Wright Autoplex and at philwrightautoplex.com. Now, from the studios of the Courier in Russellville, Arkansas, this is the Courier Sports Rundown with Travis Simpson and Drew Brent. And we welcome you into the worldwide global phenomenon the most electrifying sports podcast in this building. Welcome, everyone, to the Courier Sports Rundown. My name is Drew Prince, alongside the sports encyclopedia himself, no, no. Travis Simpson. I, I've never claimed to be that. You just put that on me. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. The greatest human to have ever lived, Travis Simpson. I'll take that one. All right. Very good. We've got a lot to talk about today coming up here in a little bit. Uh, Caleb Perrine makes his grand return to CSR to uh, have a conversation with you. You've been educating him on sports, sports philosophy, sports terminology over the last few weeks. This week he gets to pick a topic to try to educate you on, and you've got some questions for him as well. Also, since we are in uh, playoff time, some of our teams are no longer playing, and we will get to that here in just a few moments. So we wanted to have a little brief intermission on what we uh, normally talk about. We'll have a conversation about the NFL, specifically a controversy that erupted inside the Courier newsroom this week. That that was a probably what a twenty-five to thirty-minute discussion slash argument slash you're wrong on the top ten greatest quarterbacks in NFL history in the Super Bowl era. And I will tell you, our lists probably differ. I've not seen yours. I think you have uh, heard mine. Um, And so I will just go ahead and tell you, be prepared to be wrong. Well, I want to tell you that I hope you are ready because this page that I'm holding in my hand right now, I want you to look at it. Stop looking at your phone and look at it. Drew? I'm I'm seeing it, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is my argument. For my for for my ten specifically my number one pick, um, which we will get to in a little bit. Well, we've got all kinds of things to talk about, but the first thing we need to talk about is the fact that we are so excited that through this entire process here, we've only got a few episodes left. This entire process has been brought to you by Phil Wright Autoplex. Travis, have you seen the the new stuff over at Phil Wright Autoplex? The new, the pre-owned, the used, the amazing. It's all there. GMC, Buick, Chevrolets, it's all there over at 3300 East Main in Russellville. Yeah, I think I drive by three or four times a day. Just to look. <laughs> just to look. You're like, wow, I can't get enough of all the selection. I have to make four or five trips just to see all of the great selections that they have over at Phil Wright Autoplex. And hey, if you're thinking it's a snowy day, it's a cold day, because as we record this it's snowing by the time you listen to this it's probably 60 because arkansas but if it's snowing where you are if it's cold where you are and you're like i don't know that i really want to get out but i don't want to miss out on the fine selection over at phil right autoplex just log on to www.philrightautoplex.com phil right autoplex is a proud supporter of the courier sports rundown i believe 
this is going to be a really fun show. But before we get into the top 10 list and how you are wrong, we need to talk about uh, what happened this week. We know we had some uh, big-time playmakers. We'll uh, reveal the hot sauce player here in just a little bit. Uh, but let's go through the score. Sylvan Hills, bit of a shocker. Actually, I think this is quite a bit of a shocker. It knocks off Russellville. The Cyclone season is over, 31-29. I think that was probably, I would say, the biggest upset in the 6A um, Sylvan Hills was a three-win team, or four-win team now, uh, and they won it in double, double overtime, and they kind of won it in a, in my opinion, a janky way, um, able to score on a bad snap on an extra point, and Russellville couldn't get the two-point conversion, and they lose one inch shy of the end zone, it seems like. Uh, it's really disappointing, and I feel really bad for those kids. I, I know they're heartbroken. I, I even... I said last week I thought they could potentially make it to the semifinals, and I still think that. that oh, they can't anymore. Well, yeah, no, <laughs> of course they can't anymore, but I still think that that prediction was not wrong. It was possible, and, and they could have very well won this game, and I think they could have gone on to beat Marion. Uh, instead, Sylvan Hills goes on to face Marion, where they will probably lose. Um, maybe I'm a little bit of a homer to say that, but uh, it was – it was a it was a rough rough way to end your season, uh, but it was a great season. They got seven wins this year, and that's always a good thing. Darnell defeated Jonesboro Westside. We're going to skip that one for just a minute because there's some storylines going into uh, the next week that we want to talk about here in just a little bit. Uh, Joe T. Robinson knocks off Pottsville, forty-seven to twelve. Probably no surprise there. Uh, not a surprise, but it is a bummer because you want to see those Pottsville kids get to play football one more week. Those seniors, most of them, their football playing days are done. And hey, that's a sad, sad, rough thing. Lamar knocks off Atkins 28-24. The Red Devil season is done. That was game of the week, in my opinion. I, that was a back-and-forth thing. Uh, Lamar got it done on the ground pretty much. Uh, they only threw the ball like maybe five times. Um, and Atkins tried to take advantage of the screen game. Um, but uh, Lamar's head coach told me that they were able to get a lot of pressure, which um, – when you get a lot of pressure defensively, one of the one of the ways you can handle that is with a quick passing game, and that's what Atkins did. And uh, unfortunately, you have to have somebody lose, and this time it was Atkins. Danville, the Little Johns knock off Yellowville Summit, fifty-four to twelve, and that's exactly what we thought was going to happen. Yeah, we said they were going to get. We talked for like five minutes about how badly Yellowville was going to get beat. Uh, Devastation. Yeah, Danville outscored them twenty-one to six in the first quarter, fourteen to six in the second quarter. And that's mercy rule already right there. So come out in the third quarter, Danville scores six points. I I think I've written it down backwards here. Because I don't think that math works. (laughs) No, that math doesn't work. Uh, We're just not even going to say that because I might be completely wrong. But uh, anyway, (laughs) just halftime, they they beat them like a drum. And and you got the reserves in in the second half, and and they still – um, added some points there. Let's go back to what we were talking about. Darnell Sand Lizards beat uh, Jonesboro Westside, and you and you said that the Lamar Atkins game was the game of the week. I can't disagree with that. But I think the game of the week this week that we're paying the most attention to, or at least I'm paying the most attention to, as a Darnell Homer, as a self-admitted Darnell Homer, as an alumni from the Dar- from the Darnell side, as a guy who is going to have an opportunity to be on the broadcast for the Darnell Sand Lizards this Friday. I'm telling you what, I am. Really excited, as are these players and these this coaching staff, although they can't admit it, to play the Stuttgart-Ricebirds on Friday. Now, Travis, do you happen to have any idea as to why Dardanelle would be excited about playing Stuttgart? Hmm. I have to think really hard and go way back in my memory banks. 
to remember that the head coach of the Stuttgart Ricebirds is Josh Price, the former head coach of the Darnell Sand Lizards. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's that guy. He's the guy who was Darnell, but now he's not Darnell. He's the guy who started the football tradition at Darnell, in Re- my opinion. Well, he restarted the football tradition in Darnell, I would say. I mean, there were a few years where they were mediocre at best. There was a pretty decent football tradition in the late 90s, early 2000s of you know being a playoff team, maybe a second-round playoff team. But perennially, um, Josh Price was the guy who really got it kick-started. Then he bounces to Stuttgart, which, you know, all power to him. Phil Vega took over for him as a uh, – he was an assistant coach under coach Bryson so now you have the Obi-Wan Darth Vader matchup of the right of the 4A Lord Ve- Lord Vega <laughs> yes Lord Vega taking on uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and I will I will tell you this you know while Dardanelle I, I don't know that Dardanelle matches up well with Stuttgart I think Stuttgart's got too much talent this is going to be an emotionally charged game and you can never take that away from a, particularly a playoff atmosphere too I agree with you 100%. Uh, if I had to pick one, I'm going to go. I'm gonna be a homer and go with Darnell. D-Town? Yeah, I think Darnell gets a win. They move on next week. Um, I'm not so confident about some of these other matchups down the, down the uh, <laughs> itinerary, but uh, Darnell, I think, can move on. Well, let's talk about those matchups. Uh, as we mentioned, Darnell takes on Stuttgart. Harding Academy going to Lamar. I think this one has been picked as like a three-point favorite to Harding, which is basically a toss-up. They give three points usually to the home team, but they they uh, they gave it to Harding this time. I, I'm going to be contrary and say Lamar can, can get a win here. I, I'm hoping that the, our River Valley team wins here, but I'm going to say Harding Academy. I think Harding Academy ends Lamar's season on Friday night. Mount Ida. Mount Ida is a perennial powerhouse. Yeah, that's a rough opponent to have to play. Um Hector got a first round bye. They're rested. They do have some advantages over Mount Ida. Mount Ida's team is not as big. They've only got twenty or so players on the roster, and and Hector's one of the bigger two A teams, just in terms of uh, not enrollment, but in in team kids on that go out for football. It's a football town, and uh, I think having depth is something that a lot of people who don't understand football very well do not understand how much of a role that plays in a the game. They think, oh, well, your, your 11 dudes are so good. Uh, they're way better than our first 11 dudes, but we got a second string that's almost as good as your guys, and we can bring them in and get people rest and keep people fresh, and it, it, really, play, it really makes a big difference in a football game. I, you know, I got to be the voice of the Mount Ida Lions for one season. They were coming off of a state championship, I was excited to take over as the play-by-play guy for them. And they went 0-10. They won three games. Yeah, that's your M.O., isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really is. So uh, Darnell has graciously invited me to go with them uh, Friday night. So sorry, Sand Lizards, the season ends Friday. <laughs> yeah, they should have really looked into that. <laughs> yeah, they really they... probably should have asked the question about that. Uh, the Little Johns take on Smackover at Smackover, and it's actually not at Smackover. It's actually at El, El Dorado. Yep, El Dorado. They moved it to El Dorado because the field conditions at Smackover were, quote, unplayable. Uh, a pond is actually what I was told, but yeah. you know I'm not sure. Um, more like uh, water polo. Yeah, so uh, neutral field. There's no real home field advantage, right? No, not really. But I mean, yes, it is closer to. It's Smack closer over. to Smackover. Right. Danville's got to make that long trek down to El Dorado, and that is a long trip. Uh, I mean, you are you're closing in on the border, so. Uh, I, 
there's not technically a home field advantage, but yes, there's a home field advantage. They're going to be more Smackover fans than Danville fans. Yeah, well, I think Danville travels well for a second-round playoff game. I think they're going to have plenty of people in the stands. Um, picking this one is tough. I mean, why don't you say what you think first? Because I'm not sure. I think Danville drops it this time, uh, but I think it's going to be close. I hope, I hope that I'm wrong. I really do. Uh, but I think SmackOver is going to win, and, and the reason why, the reason why is simply because how far the drive is, how far I mean, it's cold, it's long, it's going to be harder for Danville to get up for this game than it will be for SmackOver. I think the Little Johns fall. SmackOver is the higher seeded team. Um, and Danville struggled in th- in this season against the really 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 good three A teams. Like they lost they lost to Lamar. Um, they dropped two straight at the end of their season. Uh, I kind of think I think I have to side with you. I think SmackOver gets a win here. Although I hope that I am wrong. As do I. I hope you're wrong for for a lot of things. <laughs> you um, you constantly hope that I'm wrong. Yes, it's so much fun for me when you're wrong. Do you not understand <laughs> this? Like I. Anyway, uh, let's talk about our players of the week. Russellville Red Atkins, he is a name that we've called, I think, every single week this year. 27 to 37 for 239 yards, 43 yards on 20 carries, and two touchdowns. Yeah, he is a big part of their offense, and the other big part of their offense is Jaden Palmer. 147 yards on 17 catches, no touchdowns this 17 year. catches. Yeah, uh, targeted 17, or uh, I think he caught it just about every time he was targeted. Maybe not. Every time. Uh, Drake Atkins, 12 tackles. Here's a name we have not said before. Cameron Machette. Mache? How do you say that? Mache? It looks like Match It. Match It? Okay. Uh, uh, 10 tackles. Uh, to me, anything, uh, 10 tackles or more, this is a phenomenal game. Well, uh, right. I, and uh, when you get into double digits, as a, especially in a playoff game, a playoff setting, that's, a, that's, that's big time. So big ups to Cameron Match It. I mean, if you really wanted to be picked, if you have five tackles in a game, that's good. Yeah, it's huge. So, uh, moving on to Lamar. We didn't get that many stats from um, area coaches, so we're missing Danville and Atkins. But um, moving on to Lamar, Jacob Parmenter, 110 yards on 17 carries and a touchdown. Dardnell, Blake Chambers, 177 yards on 21 carries, four touchdowns, two receptions for six yards plus a two-point conversion, and he also recorded nine tackles. Um, I'm going to put his name in the hat for player of the week. Um, you can tell me what you think about that. Cameron Hurst, 13 tackles, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery, and one tackle for loss. Kane and Taylor, 112 yards on 17 carries, five of eight passing for 35 yards and a two-point conversion. One thing I've noticed about this Darnell team is they don't throw it as much as Darnell has in the past. You don't have to. I mean, when you, th- when you talk about the backfield that you have, okay, Jordan Metcalf's out. But when you've got Metcalf back there, he's a running threat. Blake Chambers is a running threat. Kanan Taylor, when healthy, is a running threat. DJ Brown, when healthy, is a running threat. And if you do have to throw it, you've got David Dethridge outside. You've got Brandon Bunton outside. You've got Sam Williams outside. Offensively, they're loaded with weapons. But if you don't have to pass it, especially when you've got some big linemen up front who can just impose their will on some of these smaller teams, you punch them in the mouth. That's what they've been able to do. Yeah, I figure if you don't have to throw it, there's only one good outcome that can come from throwing the ball, and that's catching it for a positive yardage. Right. Everything else is or negative, an interception, a drop pass, or on a screen pass behind the line of scrimmage, all kinds of bad stuff can happen. So if you don't have to throw it, I mean, why? Right. If you can impose your will up front, if you can win the battle of the trenches, and you've got four, count them, four. And that's not to mention the fact that they can still run reverses, and that I've seen them do it a couple of times this year. Or move one of those receivers into a slot position and 
and pitch it over to them. Uh, as long as you can throw it, I think that that's – if you don't have to throw it, that's fine. But as long as you can throw it when you need to. It's worked for Mike Malham and Cabot for 300 years. <laughs> Malham finishing up this year, of course, in his right. 307th season with the Cabot. Probably Cabot. the biggest team in the state. It's definitely the biggest team in the state to still run a dead T offense. And this is his final year. He's done after this year. So hats off to Mike Malham. But I'm going to tell you, I think Dardanelle, Dar- Dardanelle can push it. Dardanelle can, they can, put, you, they can punch you in the mouth. They've got so many offensive weapons in that backfield. Why would you pass? Why? That's exactly what you said. So I will tell you this. My vote for River Valley Hot Sauce Player of the Week. Are you ready? Yes. Can I have a drum roll, please? No. Okay, got it. <laughs> Added in post. Um, this will be – it's got to go to Blake Chambers. Yeah. It's got to go to Blake Chambers. 177 yards on 21 carries, four touchdowns, two receptions for six yards, um, uh, two-point conversion, and nine tackles. He was all over that field. The most dangerous and scary part about this Dardanelle team for teams next year, it, this year too, but next year especially, all of them are young. All of them can produce. Yep. All of them. This is a This is a – this is a state – Championship material and caliber football team. So watch out for them next year or watch out for them this year. I think if they beat Stuttgart, watch out for them this year. I think you're right. I think if they get past Stuttgart, all bets are off. I think they can go all the way from there. I mean, you've still got to play your – your traditional 4A powers. I mean, and, and Ozark is still looming in there somewhere, yeah. and you well, still got, you yeah. know, I mean, and I don't know how Warren and Nashville are doing this year, but I'm assuming that they're Warren and Nashville, so they're probably doing fine. Um, if they can beat Stuttgart, I think the bets are off. I think Darnell can play with anybody. I'm right there with you. That is our River Valley football windup for this week. Took a lot less time than it typically does because we are in the middle of playoff season and as long as we have got a river valley team alive we will continue to do this podcast i can assure you of that coming up after this timeout, we will talk about the top 10 nfl quarterbacks of all time according to travis and me and get ready you don't want to miss it because travis is wrong uh travis is right travis is wrong right after this Welcome back to the Courier Sports Rundown presented by Phil Ride Autoplex. After that short two-second timeout, we are back. What are you What are you doing to your microphone? I'm trying to move it so I don't – there, that's yeah, better. That was, that was incredibly discreet. Um, top 10 NFL quarterbacks of all time. So this is how this se- – I did it. This is how this segment started. We don't typically do things like this here on CSR ever. But in the newsroom the other day, a conversation was started about – uh, because Cheesehead Packers fan Travis Simpson over here think Air, thinks Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback in the history of the universe. Yeah. He believes, <laughs> you know what Travis Simpson believes? Travis Simpson believes that if you clone Aaron Rodgers 11 times, he can be a football team by himself. Did you know? Did I don't you know, believe that. Did you know? Did you know that when Aaron Rodgers throws the football, he breaks the sound barrier? Did you know that? Travis Simpson thinks so. I'm I've got numbers to back up my claims and they're all real numbers, not made up stuff like what you just said. <laughs> not made up stuff. So the conversation became is Aaron Rodgers a top 10 quarterback of all time? To which I say, no. He's close, maybe top 15. 
but it's definitely not top 10, which now leads us to this segment of the top 10 NFL quarterbacks of all time, according to Travis and Drew. And I will tell you, I think there's probably some, there's probably some, um, differentiation among our among our lists i've not seen your list i can't read that far away i don't know who is on your list um i can guarantee you aaron Rodgers is in the top 10 if you're if you're the cheesehead fan that i think you are he's probably top three um which is a ridiculous thing nope. which is a completely no nope. totally ridiculous, ridiculous thing it is a ridiculous thing so here's what we will do we will go starting at number 10 and we will swap out i'll tell okay. you my number 10 you tell me your number 10 we'll go from there all right now here's what i did on my top 10 quarterback list i made them from the super bowl era okay okay well i've got one from outside the super bowl era is it autogram no Okay, because he would have made my list if this was uh, of all time. It, it's Johnny Unitas. But he played in the Super Bowl era. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, that that, that makes sense. Um, by the way, Johnny Unitas, not on my list. Okay. All right, so number 10. I will start. Number 10 for me is a Green Bay Packers quarterback. It's Bart Starr. I, I can't argue with that. I put Drew Brees. Drew Brees is your number 10 quarterback of all time. Former mm-hmm. Charger, current New Orleans Saint, probably going to win the Super Bowl this year. Possibly. Uh, number nine for me. Now, this is going to be a controversial pick because when people talk about uh, top ten quarterbacks of all time, inevitably, the conversation always shifts to, well, how many Super Bowls did they win? Which is why my number nine pick, Dan Marino, is a controversial one because his stats back back it up. He appeared in one Super Bowl. He lost. He was He's probably the Philip. Uh, Philip Rivers is the closest thing to a Dan Marino that we've had in this generation of yeah. a quarterback who's really solid, who has excellent passer rating, who just can't get over the hump. Even though the Chargers are the second best team in the AFC right now, it, you could argue. So I don't think that you can judge on Super Bowls because there's so much that goes into a Super Bowl besides just the talent of the quarterback. Absolutely, Ray Lewis was the reason that Baltimore won a few years ago. It was absolutely not Joe Flacco. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, Trent Dilfer and Rich Gannon have Super Bowl wins, but Warren Moon doesn't. So, right. So I don't think it doesn't. You could plug and play some quarterbacks into different onto different teams. See, you're grinning because you know why I'm saying that. Uh, and and have similar results with similar quarterbacks. What a ridiculous man you are! <laughs> Who is your number nine? Uh, Roger Staubach. Roger Staubach, excellent pick. I like Roger Staubach for number nine because he is my number eight. Okay. Roger Staubach at number eight. And as an Eagles fan, it pains me to give any love to the Cowboys. And I've got two Cowboy quarterbacks on this list. And I'm not I'm not happy about it. One of which is not Don Meredith, but could have been if you were going the full range of quarterbacks. You're number eight? No, wait. You didn't say you're number nine. Yeah, I did. Dan Marino. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, Are you here right now? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, number cool. eight is John Elway. John Elway is also on my list. I think John Elway, though, is a little underrated on your list. Mm, I feel like he could go one, maybe two higher with argument. How many Super Bowls did he actually play in? I know. I think it was four. I definitely know it was three. I, uh, I primarily remember the one he won over the Packers uh, because it was that, Packers. Made me, that made me hate him for a while. Right. And John Elway won two straight Super Bowls. Uh, well, the Broncos did. Uh, he had some help with, from Terrell Davis, uh, at least on one of those games. I think actually he had him for both of them. And then um, also uh, Ed McCaffrey, the all-star wide receiver that, that Denver had, uh, beat the Atlanta Falcons subsequently after 
they beat the Packers in Super Bowl 31, 32, somewhere in there. Okay. You have a, a pretty encyclopedic knowledge of, of uh, who won what and when. I like... I like NFL history. I really, really do. So this is why my list is better than yours. Hmm. Hmm. Your number eight, you said, was John Elway. My number seven, here we go, Drew Brees. I actually put him uh, three spots higher than you did. You know, I, I think I think he might be, and I think he might be underrated. I think Drew Brees, um, he's one of, to me, I think he could, depending on how he finishes out his career, he could jump up in the top five quarterback territory. I mean, he's got, he's got absurd numbers um, now. And on top of that, he has like this, like ability to win games that the saints should not win, you know? Right. And, and playing in new Orleans against them is tough. It's tough for any team, no matter how good that team is. Drew Brees has been a godsend for the new Orleans saints franchise though. He absolutely has been. I think, I think a lot of people kind of wrote him off when he was traded to New Orleans from, I guess, San Diego at the time. They were the Chargers. And he exploded. A few years later, wins the Super Bowl with the Saints. Has had an incredible run. Do you happen to know how many years he's been in the NFL? His first year was, I believe, 2001. I believe he's in his 16th or 17th season. Okay, so um, all right, well, we'll get to that number, 16 or 17. We'll get to that later when I make my argument on why Aaron Rodgers should be where he's ranked. Um, I swear, if you have Aaron Rodgers ranked number one, <laughs> I swear to you, that completely debunks your entire list. Nope, it, it doesn't. Comple- yes, it does. All yes, right. it do- and the fact that you just said that tells me that you've got Aaron Rodgers number one, but I'm not sure on So that. my number seven is Brett Favre. Brett Favre. He's, uh, to me, he's uh, he's the reason I love football. Brett Favre is uh, my number six, actually. He's right there in the, about that same... That same I, <sighs> He was Iron Man forever. Yeah. How many times do you remember Brett Favre being injured as a Packer? He, uh, I remember him being injured, but I don't remember him missing a game exactly. because he has the record for most games consecutively started. He's the Cal Ripken Jr. of uh, of, of the NFL. And, and there will never be, and, and I mean this, I, I truly don't believe that there will ever be a more emotional quarterback performance than Green Bay with uh, Brett Favre as, at the helm the night his father, his father passed away on yeah. Monday Night Football, and he tore him. I don't even remember who they played. It doesn't matter. Uh, but that performance was absolutely legendary. And you know, I, and and that shot, that shot of Brett Favre just arms extended after after beating the New England Patriots for the for the championship well, at the, the Super Bowl thirty. The running across the field with his yes. hands up. That's a that's a common shot of him because he he did that a lot. And it's actually the reason my wife hates Brett Favre because she was a Cowboys fan, and uh, she thought he was so arrogant to run, <laughs> to run across the field with his hands up after a win. Um, she was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't listen to the podcast, right? Um, she no, probably not. Who's your number six? Uh, my number six is Dan Marino. See, and and I think I think Dan Marino is is probably right in there. I, I think that's a, a that's a good number for Dan Marino. If Dan Marino had won a Super Bowl, even a Super Bowl, I think people probably give him a lot more love. Yeah, but I mean, and you're and you're talking about too. You're talking about the quarterback era. We are living in it. Yeah, this is the the best and the most prolific uh, group of quarterbacks we've ever seen. And I think it's important, but as we get kind of into the top 
five, the margin of difference between the top five quarterbacks is so slim. Like looking at the stats, it's like half a yard here, three yards there. It's so slim. Um, they're all. Everyone on this list is a fantastic quarterback. Well, let's let's talk it before we get into the top five. Um, here's how I decided to rank my quarterbacks. I didn't just go by statistics. What I did was I factored in a couple of uh, a couple of qualifications. Statistics obviously played a part of it. Um, championship appearances have have to do with that. Uh, impact on your team. You know, for for all intents and purposes, we'll get to Peyton Manning here in a few minutes. But the the year that he was out for Indianapolis, there was at least some conversation about voting him MVP because of the impact that Indianapolis felt because he wasn't there. Yeah, well, look which at, can, which can't be said for Tom Brady for the year that he was out. Matt Castle stepped right in, and which will actually go about. into will go into your point here in just a little bit. And when Aaron Rodgers was hurt last season, the Packers won no games. They were, they, I mean, and so I, I put that in. Then I also factored in. Um, importance to franchise history, which is why a guy like Bart Starr made my list um, and why my number five quarterback is on this list. So those are my qualifications. It's not just stats. If you go statistically, just straight up statistically, uh, my numbers and my list look a lot different. But it's also unfair because the statistics of the modern game versus the statistics of the early Super Bowl era, you know, the 1960s, 70s, even the 80s, it's going to look a lot different. It wasn't until Bill Walsh really introduced that pro-style offense that you saw a lot of these 300, 400, 500, 100-yard passing games. So you have to judge your quarterback for what era they were playing in, and so I did qualify that. I think that's completely fair. That's what I did as well. Uh, my number five is Johnny Unitas, though. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> and and he did not make my top ten. And – I think that might be a shame and a sham on my part. Uh, but there are just so many good quarterbacks. Johnny, you changed the game. I didn't put Bart Starr in, in mine, even though I really wanted to work him in. Um, it's just too many too many great quarterbacks, like you said. Number five for me uh, is Troy Aikman. Mm-mm. Now, I think Troy Aikman, and as an Eagles fan, I'm going to football hell for this. Yeah. I think Troy Aikman might be the most overlooked and underrated quarterback in NFL history. Do you have what back that up though? Well, here's why. When you talk about when you talk about great quarterbacks, the first names that pop into your mind, Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, uh, then you go into the Joe Namaths, the Johnny Unitas's, you talk about Bart Starr. Uh, the guys who tend to get overlooked are the Dan Marinos of the world who didn't win a championship, and then for some odd reason, Troy Aikman who was a cornerstone of the Dallas Cowboys franchise, who was, I mean, the Cowboys have always had fairly decent quarterback play except for the Quincy Carter years and the Clint Sterner years and the, and the Drew Bledsoe game. And I mean, <laughs> that little span of time post-Troy Aikman and pre-Tony Romo, they had a rough go of it. But you had Don Meredith. You had Roger Staubach. You had Troy Aikman. You had Romo. You've got Dak. Troy Aikman is surprisingly left off, despite the fact that it could be argued that he was the quarterback of the 90s. Whenever whenever I was alive, and it was also the 90s, people were in love with Troy Aikman. It is weird that he's kind of fallen off, even though he's you know, a commentator and still in the public mind and the eye. 
but you're right. Nobody ever really brings him up in these kind of conversations. Three Super Bowl championships in in Dallas um, was well, and, and and he probably gets overlooked. He probably gets overlooked because of the talent around him. Michael Irvin, Deion Sanders, Emmitt Smith. I mean, that was a loaded Cowboys football team. But I will tell you this. I'll tell you this. That same argument could kind of be made for Joe Montana, even just with the the, the weapon of Jerry Rice. So, you know, I, I think that Troy Aitman gets overlooked. I don't know why he doesn't get mentioned, but when you talk about the importance to the franchise— when you talk about cornerstones of the league and people who really kind of moved the game forward, Troy Aikman is a solid number five. Um, my number four is Tom Brady. Oh, here we go. All right. Explain this one. Tom Brady is a great quarterback. As I said, the top five um, quarterbacks, uh, I would say, are probably up to argument and up to personal Opinion because they're so close. The top three for me are definitely um, Tom Brady. To me, just gets edged by the other three that I have above him, and I think that Tom Brady, as you mentioned earlier, is a product of the system that he's in. He's been in the NFL for a long time. He's forty-two years old, right? He's forty-two. Yeah. Um, he his his first Super Bowl came in two thousand two when the Patriots defeated the Rams. Yeah, and that was the year that he took over for Bledsoe. So, um, when you've been in the NFL that long and you've been in a system as good as the Patriots system is, uh, and we saw it when he got hurt, plug in another quarterback in that system. Plug in another good quarterback. Uh, they have to be at least good, yeah. Um, and that system's going to keep on doing what it does, and Tom Brady has been the beneficiary of that. He's not to say he's not a great quarterback because he is, and I, I think he's – funny guy too um but for me he is number four mainly just because three two and one edge him out i would really like to not ever talk about tom brady and it's not because uh it's not because he obliterated my eagles in super bowl 39 even though i remember donovan McNabb throwing up on the field being so nervous so you know i've never really liked the patriots after that um, but it really stems back to 1999 when he was in Michigan and he, you know, sliced and diced the Arkansas secondary in the Citrus Bowl. I I still have a bit of a grudge against that. I remember watching that game and I remember. How old were you when that game was played? In 99, I was 12 years old. Jeez. I was 12 watching that game and I remember thinking, man, this Tom Brady guy, I hate him. He's never gonna, he's never going to be in the NFL. Sixth <laughs> yeah. round, sixth round draft pick, and now. Arguably one of the greatest of all time. My number four, you're going to hate this one, John Elway. Um, well, I, I agree that he should be on the list, so why did you rank him so high? You know, once again, because when you talk about the way that I ranked these players and how they have impacted the game, how important they have been to their individual franchises, John Elway as a quarterback, name me another successful Denver Broncos quarterback since Elway other than Peyton Manning. Other yeah, other than Peyton Manning, um, I this dead air is me shrugging my shoulders. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of my point. The, the Broncos, until they signed Peyton Manning in his later years, did not have the kind of success offensively that they had with John. that drop off was huge. Yeah, it was massive, and which is why maybe Steve Young should be you know. Uh, at least a part of the conversation for top 20 of all time because taking over for Joe Montana, he still win a Super Bowl while you've got some talent around you. The drop-off between Elway and I think it was um, 
Oh, uh, he played for the Dolphins for a little bit. Uh, his dad played for the Dolphins. I can't remember his name. Um, took over, had a modicum of success, but couldn't make it back to the playoffs. And they ended up with, I think, Trevor Simeon for a little while. Um, they had the guy who ended up going to Arizona. Uh, all of the Jake Plummer. They tried Jake Plummer. They couldn't get any solid quarterback play for years. So their Super Bowl win, their last Super Bowl win, I believe, was in 98 or 99. That's when John Elway rode off into the sunset. They did not have consistently good quarterback play until nearly 11 years later when Peyton Manning signed with the Broncos. I hate number 11 years because I think about going 11 years as a fan of a team and then being bad for that long and... No, they weren't bad the whole time. No, um, I mean they 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 made the playoffs. I mean, and they had some they had some really solid defensive players, but at quarterback, they struggled. Well, that's why John Elway makes this list. Not only did he play in three Super Bowls, I think maybe even four, uh, but he won two of them. He won two back to back. It is impossible. And that helicopter play against, I believe it was against Green Bay, when he goes in. And he's scoring the touchdown on his own, and he gets hit, and he gets spun, and he gets up, and he's smiling. Every fan in attendance, even Packers fans like you, knew the game was over at that point. John L. was going to put the team on his back, and they were going to win the Super Bowl. That, like, Brett Favre, John Elway, um, Dan Marino, Stobaugh, that era of quarterbacks is like the, the grit. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna fight you. Yeah, and, and now that's one thing. Also, is the game has evolved so much to protect these quarterbacks that are making so such ludicrous amounts of money. Um, that they they they're still tough quarterbacks. I would argue that even that Aaron Rodgers is a pretty tough guy. I'll give you that. Um, Green Bay's a blue collar town, but they're not like they're not like these old old timers that understood that this is a tough game. Somebody's going to hit you in the mouth. There's not going to be a flag about it. Right, and you're going to get popped, and you better hope that your linemen take care of you. Right. That's what you're hoping for. you got to trust your teammates a little bit more. And that's something I know you got to protect the players, and especially people who are making a career out of this and protect the brains and their skulls and everything like that. But that's something that I really miss in football. I can't stand roughing the passer calls on what should have just been a good Solid tackle. And would have been on any other player. Jay Cutler. I forgot Jay Cutler was in Denver for a little bit. Um, Jay Cutler Jay Cutler plays football like he's trying to make his dad mad. <laughs> <laughs> he's he, he's my favorite quarterback to hate on. I I, I don't understand that. Uh well <laughs> think about it real hard. I, uh, yeah, I yeah, okay, I can I can I can be with you on that. I'm trying to look up the name of the guy that I cannot remember um who took over for John Elway and his dad was a famous quarterback too. Um and I can't remember it. It's driving me crazy. And it's going to come back to me. It's going to come back to me after we finish the podcast and it's it's going to drive me absolutely nuts. So I'm trying to figure out um who it was. Uh anyway, we'll go ahead and move on. Number 3 for me. Peyton Manning. That's my number three, too. Uh, you talk about a guy. Well, I mean, oh, I just John Madden just think, well, you talk about a guy who uh, <laughs> he's, a, he's a guy. If he, if he doesn't have his glasses on, he can't see. Uh, Manning is a guy who won a Super Bowl with two different teams. Very difficult to do. The only other quarterback in the modern era who came close to doing that was Kurt Warner. It's a guy who 
toward the twilight of his career, finally, finally got one, you know, yeah. and, and, and showed his grit and his determination. And he was such a, he's so much, here's another thing that, another thing that I think really illustrates how Super Bowls don't determine how good of a quarterback you are. Him winning that, that Super Bowl with um, the Broncos gave him the same number of Super Bowl rings as his brother, Eli. Brian Greasy. That was the guy's name for for Denver. That oh yeah. Good. Okay, so he, <laughs> woohoo, uh, <laughs> he uh, he he got his second Super Bowl ring. He's he's even with his brother. He is a hundred times better quarterback than Eli. Yeah. So and, and there's no argument about it. Eli wouldn't be on my top twenty. I don't think. I don't think so either. No. Um, he just happens to be a patriot killer. That's the only thing he's he's. Yeah, I, I did love those games. Where he beat the Patriots, those were, and I loved rooting for him in those games. But I loved his post game press conferences after those games, where you ask him what your game plan was, and his response was, "Duh." <laughs> That's his perpetual <laughs> facial. That's he's just, got you, you've heard of resting B face. Yeah. He has resting duh face. Derp. <laughs> he's just he's a little derpy. Peyton Manning, I I just I'm he's a top three quarterback of all time. Yeah. I'm still I'm still I, I still think he got hosed by not winning the Heisman. Um, you know, but that, yeah. that's that's okay. He got hosed at Tennessee um, because the year after he left, T. Martin wins a national championship with the Volunteers. <laughs> I will repeat that. T. Martin was a national championship quarterback the year after Tennessee. But then also I can't ever forget what, you know, Tennessee did to Arkansas. So, uh, so number two for me is Joe Montana. As is mine. Okay. So we're in agreement. Joe Montana, one of the best to ever play the game. You're number one. Uh, it's it's easy. It's easy for me that that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. Okay, why? And and which means to me, since I already know you're number freaking one, but here we go. <laughs> this is why Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. And by the way, I'm not a Patriots fan. I can't stand. I they just they, they every time I see every time I see them lose, I believe an angel gets its wings. But you said yourself that another good quarterback could step into the Patriots and they would be just as successful. So how does he mean as much to his program as some of these other quarterbacks? Uh, because the same argument could be made for Joe Montana. The same argument could be made for several different quarterbacks. This is the reason why I think Brady is the greatest of all time. Brady has done more with fewer weapons than any other quarterback on this list. I mean, name his top... In 2008, when they went undefeated, they had Randy Moss. So I'll give you that one. Hall of Fame receiver. They've had Dion Branch, who was productive for them. He's had Wes Welker. Okay. Wes I think, Wel- no, He's had I, Gronk. I think that that speaks to Belichick's ability to draft well and to elevate players that other people overlook into championship teams. Here's why I think that you cannot overstate the greatness of Tom Brady uh, for overall. If he throws the ball to somebody... He has no control over whether or not they catch it. He can only put it in a catchable. New England is 7-3 and three right now, and the decline of Brady is already started. You can see it. The conversation has already started as to who is going to be the heir apparent to Tom Brady. And it was supposed to be, who's the kid at San Francisco who got hurt? Was it, it was supposed to be his guy, Jimmy Garoppolo. supposed to be his team. And the, the, the point of the matter is, is that Tom Brady not playing well brings the entire team down. This is exactly what we were talking about with Peyton Manning. That's the kind of addition that he has. Can can the backup quarterback at New England, who, do you know his name? Yeah, neither does he. <laughs> and and do you think that he's going to have the kind of success that Tom Brady's had? No. 
because Tom Brady has learned the art of checkdown. He has learned the art of being able to read a defense. He and Peyton Manning are two of the best ever at reading what they're going to do. And I would even give Peyton Manning the edge on audibling out and making adjustments. But you can't argue with the level of success. You can't argue with the fact that he's done more with less. You can argue the fact that it could have been Belichick and that it's very Saban-esque and that when you have a well-oiled machine that it's just going to continue moving on. And, and this list may change once Brady retires if Belichick stays. If Belichick stays with the New England Patriots and they still make the playoffs and are uh, competing for Super Bowls after Tom Brady is gone, then yeah, then maybe that conversation that maybe, maybe that conversation changes. But my guess is, is that that's not going to be the case. And that when Brady hangs it up, Belichick won't be far behind because he found his golden goose. And that's a combination that works. It's um, uh, Bill Walsh and Joe Montana kind of connection. That West Coast offense, it was that system. The 49ers just kept winning. Same kind of a deal. You are looking at the modern-day Walsh in Montana with Brady and Belichick. Um, so I want to ask you a question. No. To you, what is Aaron Rodgers famous for as a quarterback? Playmaking. Okay. So throw, ma- making absurd, ridiculous plays to put the Packers in a position to win a game that they have done everything in their power to lose up until that point. Without Aaron Rodgers, the Packers are a bad team. And that kills me to say that because it's my favorite team. And they have been a bad team even for years, even when they played in the NFC National Championship and lost the Seahawks, which I see in my nightmares on repeat. And I think I cried at the end of that game. Um, and I kind of hope you did. Yeah, it was it was not – it was bad. And it's I can't even remember who it was riding the bike around on this field after he won. I wanted to tackle him. He would have killed me, but I wanted to tackle him. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter because they went to the Super Bowl that year. And and, and they lost. And they lost. Um, so I can't think of any other player that means more to his team than Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I mean, I just point blank. So here is – Are you talking about all time? Are you talking about – no. Okay. He's the only quarterback to hit 300 touchdowns with fewer than 100 interceptions. He has thrown 78 interceptions in his career. How many interceptions do you think most quarterbacks have thrown on average by the time they reach 300 touchdowns? Well, if you go by Brett Favre's statistics, (laughs) 300 touchdowns is probably (laughs) about 298 interceptions. So just take a take a shot a ballpark shot on where you think that number is. At 300, you're probably it's probably a 30 percent. It's probably around 100 to 130. It's 171. So it's higher than I thought. Yeah. So he's only thrown 78 interceptions in 300 touchdowns. He has 36,827 yards, a 65% completion rating, 7.9 yards per attempt, 200. uh, This is a little outdated. He has over 300 touchdowns now. Can he win the big game? Uh, Yes. Can he win big games? Yes. Six-time Pro Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl champ, two-time NFL MVP. Okay, I want you to keep in mind also that Brady has played seven more seasons than Rodgers. It is arguably possible that Rodgers finishes with multiple Super Bowls. Sure. I'm not disputing that. At this moment, Aaron Rodgers is not the greatest quarterback in NFL history. All right. So, along with five championships, Brady has won the MVP three times. So, he's one ahead of Rodgers there. Um, He was a Super Bowl MVP four times. 
So he's three ahead of Rodgers there. Uh, he's been named to the Pro Bowl 13 times and has recorded 488 career touchdowns and over 66,000 passing yards. Incredible numbers. No lie. Ten AFC title appearances. Right. Um, so Rodgers, six Pro Bowls. 313 career touchdowns, over 38,000 passing yards. He's still got he's still got 7 seasons to go before he's he he's going to eclipse Brady you hope in so. passing yards. You hope assuming so. he doesn't get hurt I or something. I about to say terrible. he's more injury prone than Tom Brady has been. Uh that's because the well-oiled machine of the Patriots keep Brady from ever getting hit hardly. You are going to consistently talk about the fact that Brady is not that, that Brady is just a cog in the mechanism of Belichick. And I would argue that Belichick was able to build the mechanism around Brady. Okay. Um maybe. Um Rodgers is the first player okay, I already said that. Um Golly, he has the Why don't high, you give him a hug? He has the highest quarterback rating of all time. Period. At a hundred and three point eight. There's no quarterback that has a higher passing How rating. How many NFC title appearances do they have? Um, I'd have to look that I up. I think it's three, it may be four that he's got. Okay, so here's a here's the bi- a big number to me. Rodgers has two thousand six hundred seventy career rushing yards and twenty five career touching rushing touchdowns. Brady, I think, is like two yards shy of a thousand career rushing yards. He's not a scrambler. Okay, but that's the other thing. Rodgers is a pocket passer. If you need him to be. He's also a scrambler if you need him need him to be. He can extend plays to 10 seconds on he's, his feet. He's also 98 on Madden 19. Tom Brady's on 95. No, Rodgers is a 99 now. They've bumped him up. Oh, for the love of God. Yeah. Okay, so here's some other uh, comparison numbers. Uh, completion percentage. Brady, 63.6. Manning, 65.3. Rodgers, 65.1. Yards per game. Brady, 260 yards, point twenty two. Manning, 270 yards, .45. Rodgers, 272.26. Completions percentage in the playoffs. Brady, 62.9. Manning, 64. Rodgers, 64.8. So, my point in the newsroom argument was that there was an argument to be made that Rodgers is the greatest of all time. Statistically. Statistically. That was my point. And I think that I have proved it here today, sir. Okay, statistically, I'll give you that. But you haven't qualified it with anything else. His numbers are great. But when you look at overall impact and what he has done, let's just say for argument's sake, and we don't have this information in front of us, but I believe they've made, under um, Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers have gone to three NFC title games. I believe that's right. And of those three, they won one. And they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in that Super Bowl that year. Am I correct on that? Mm-hmm. Has he made a Super Bowl appearance that he didn't win? I don't think he has. They've won the NFC North many, many, many years, though. An NFC North that traditionally, over the last 10 years, even since Rodgers has been playing, which is how many years now? 13, 14, somewhere in there? Um, you've, you, that's an NFC North that only until the last two or three years, except for when Brett Favre was playing for Minnesota, has had any kind of competition. Detroit's been awful. Chicago has been Awful. They made the they made a Super Bowl appearance against Indianapolis as a fluke in a weak NFC. That's an that's the weakest division in the NFC over the last ten years. You want you 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 want you want to argue that? Look at the NFC East. New York two Super Bowl wins. 
Philly, Super Bowl win, two Super Bowl appearances. I think that you could also argue that the— NFC South? I think you could argue— Atlanta, Carolina, and New Orleans have all made Super Bowl appearances. You could argue that the Patriots uh, division is incredibly weak as well. I will not dispute that. I will absolutely not dispute that. I will will give you that one. Um, But even still— even still, if you're if you're judging by the fact that you were in a weak division and you go to the playoffs and lose, can you put a team on? If 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 I'm a coach right now and you say, okay, you've got to pick a quarterback from your list of ten to lead you in a fourth quarter comeback, Aaron Rodgers is not my first pick. He's not even my fifth. No, I I'd, I'll take I'd, I would take anyone in the top five, anyone in my top five. I would take. Um, I've seen Aaron Rodgers lead incredible fourth quarter comebacks with two minutes when they when when they got the ball back against the bears this year with a, like a minute left i knew we were gonna win i want to see green bay win games that matter you gotta win in the playoffs you've got to win you gotta get there did, we did we have won games that matter they beat and and again we've won a lot of those games completely because of aaron Rodgers, like beating detroit in the last regular season game of the season on a 60 something yard Hail Mary or that be, was you can't. or beating that same year uh beating Detroit in the final minutes on a field goal that was led down the field by Rodgers on some ridiculous passes <coughs> the Hail Mary is a luck pass the very same season he made that same pass to uh against I think Arizona it was was it Jordy Nelson was it Randall Cobb who who caught it no, I think it was somebody who's since been cut. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers throws it up and hopes that one of his taller receivers will catch it. No. Uh, uh, there was <laughs> no. <laughs> there was two back-to-back passes. And then uh, last year they did it again against the Giants in the first game of the season. I mean, nobody throws Hail Marys like Aaron Rodgers. Nobody gets luckier on Hail Marys than Aaron Rodgers. Nobody has to throw as many Hail Marys as Aaron Rodgers because you don't have to come back as many times as Aaron Rodgers. But that's my point. That's how much he means to the Packers organization. And I think this is a ridiculous argument. I will give you that I think Aaron Rodgers could be listed as a top 10 quarterback. He's definitely top 15 for me. Yeah. (laughs) But he is absolutely, inequivocably not number one. That is a ridiculous and a ludicrous argument. A Uh, ludicrous argument. I'll admit that I might be a little biased. No, you should admit that you're a lot biased. I, it, it's almost like me saying, you know who the greatest quarterback in NFL history is? Nick Foles. But that's objectively wrong and stupid. This is objectively wrong and no, stupid. No, it's not. There's an argument to me be made. I'm not the only person making this argument. If you made the argument that Nick Foles was the best quarterback of all time, you would be alone on that hill where you would die. And I would die with a world title. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up after the break, we'll have Caleb Perrinet grill Travis because he deserves it. All this and more coming up on the Career Sports Rundown. And we welcome you back into the Courier Sports Rundown presented by Phil Wright Autoplex. Uh, Caleb Perrinet joins us now. Hello. Um, we've been educating him in sports over the last few weeks. Real quick. Uh, I think education is a loose term on that. but Real quick. Um and I want the very first thing that comes to your mind when I say this. Is Aaron Rodgers the greatest quarterback of all time? Panda socks. All right, thank you very much. I knew I knew you would um I knew you would you would not disappoint. 
or well, I will say you? it has been a very, very heated conversation between you two over the past few days, to the point where you made a list, I believe. Uh, of, yeah, and we we just did that a few minutes yes, ago. Yes, okay. So uh, there's some contention going around in the office. I don't know anything about sports. I just sit and nod and listen. But you guys <laughs> went on for probably an hour yesterday, just discussing who the best possible quarterback or quarterbacks uh, in the top ten could be. And, uh, I, it was pretty interesting. I also have those to tell you. Bombs. I also have to tell you that as the weather gets warmer, I feel like our culture seems to be a little more refined. Over the last two days, I've worn a sweater or some kind of vest, and Caleb today, Caleb today has got the warmest sweater that I think I've ever seen on somebody. You look it like is a, comfortable. You look like a Christmas card. This I'm not making yes. fun of you. Yes. You you look like like what a Christmas card would look like right now. I mean, you look cozy. You look warm. You've got very mm-hmm. nice hair. I. I don't know why I'm telling you all this. You just look well, like a Drew. Christmas I guy. am single, but <laughs> <laughs> I just this is exactly what it is. Okay, so um, moving forward, uh, Travis is going to educate you on some more things, but this time, Travis, Caleb got to pick a topic, and he's going to ask you some questions. So yeah, well, uh, we'll, we'll we'll do that in a minute. First, I want to have your your sports questions asked to me. I believe you just said it's football today, correct? Earlier. It's just football. Okay. I want to do the, as Drew put it, PR thing of saying that I'm asking you fundamentally simple football questions that a child, my son could answer. Simple for you. My no son, less. my <laughs> my 13-year-old son could answer when he was 10. And so... You're Who has a father that covers sports. Okay, well... Mo- <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, I'm I'm, just saying uh, that these are fundamentally easy yeah, football questions. I'm just belittling. So... Whatever. If you ask me, like, how does a microchip work? No, no, no. It's it's. N- I'm not going to do anything like that. Mine was very topical uh, to to something. You probably that engineered recently. this to reveal actually how much I know about some stupid nerdy subject, so that everyone will realize how how you will be surprised. Uh, I'm I'm doing uh, my questions. Uh, well, they're not so much questions as well as there's some information in there that I think the viewers will appreciate. Anyways, let's right. go ahead and get on to today's so, topics. Uh, it, this is a football question. Okay. Um, what is a screen? Um, a screen, I believe, would be when the defense is in front of the offensive player. Uh, or, or The offensive player, by the way. Well, well, okay, so <laughs> if, if, if somebody's running a ball, the, the ball, I should say, um, you have a screen in front of them to either. You're describing a basketball screen. This oh, is really? football. Oh. This is football. I, I thought it was the same thing. It's just uh, it's where you have basically you're trying to hide the play that's happening. No. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So uh, a screen is just a little short pass. Really? Yeah, just a little quick short pass. I would not have guessed that. Okay. Yeah, a lot of times too. Uh, a lot of times it's two in uh, a sideline, like so the quarterback will get the ball and he'll turn and throw it to the receiver, like right where he normally lines up, almost. Okay. That's or, or or sometimes they'll line up like two wide receivers on the line and one behind the line, and they'll throw to the one behind. The two in the front will block for him as he runs down the field. Well, I guess once basketball season rolls around, at least I can get something right. You got the. It, that is what a screen is. In it's it's uh, when you set the screen, you're usually. Um, putting someone strategically on the court to stop the opposing team from making progress. Okay. Um, so what is a touchback? Ooh, uh, a touchback is, uh, 
It's whenever you drop a knee in the end zone, correct? Or it's conditionally, uh, in what or, condition? Or is, it, uh, that's, or is that considered a safety? No, no, no. Why no, did no, you stutter? A, Are you scared? Safety is whenever you get tackled in the end zone, your own end if zone. If you just take a knee in, in, in the end zone, is that a touchback? No. <laughs> so what condition? You're right that it's taking a knee in the end zone sometimes. Uh, is it the condition of after you've received a... a um, God, the the kickoff is not the correct word for it. That uh, is the correct it word. Is for really? It. Wow. Yeah. Or a punt, I'm doing good. Or a punt. Okay. Or, yeah. Or a punt. If, so if you whenever catch. you catch the ball from a punt or a kickoff in the end zone, and I guess you're you have no way of okay getting past the line of scrimmage. So what so. what happens whenever they get they gain twenty yards? Correct. If 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 you receive it from a kickoff, you're set on the twenty yard line. Or a punt. Oh, or, or a punt? Or really? a punt. Okay, I didn't know that. It just goes to the 20. Yeah. Oh, I didn't so know that. So let me ask you this. If you were to catch the ball on the one-yard line, could you then retreat to the end zone and take a knee and get the ball on the 20? I'm going to say no because you were already past the end yeah, zone. Yeah, that's good. That's right. Yeah. Uh, that would be a safety if you were to do that. Okay, because you're always moving downfield, correct? You're always trying to. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, so is there another circumstance in which you can get a, a touchback Without taking a knee in the end zone, I want to say on a fumble. What? Like if somebody happens to fumble the ball, uh, if your team happens to fumble the ball in your own end zone and you pick it up, could you then take a knee or or no? So is, like, is there no other way? So like, if you were to hand the ball to the running back and you're on your own one and he drops it in the end zone and then picks it up, that's a touchback. No, no. If if somebody gets tackled and the ball is dropped, um, and your team retrieves it and then drops a knee, no, maybe that, okay. No, that's that's so wrong. Okay, that, that, okay. Um, it's if the if the punt goes out of the. Have you ever seen a punt and it just goes out of the field, it just yeah. clears the whole field, mm-hmm. or lands in the end zone and nobody touches it, or obliterates a cheerleader. Yeah, or something. Wow. All of those things <laughs> all of those things result in a touchback as well, even if nobody fields the ball. Okay, so it would be uh, it'd be like an out of bounds essentially uh, play. No. No. Okay. <laughs> well, all right. So <laughs> this, this is riveting radio, folks. <laughs> I don't, that's the way that I think about it in my head, I suppose. Okay, so what is a fair catch? Oh, a fair catch. Well, that's mm. when you go down to the county fair, and you got some cotton candy, and you're going to catch that football. Oh, I understand. A fair That's a, fair a play catch. on words, because it's F-A-I-R. It's the same. Yeah, yeah. E. Yeah, that's, that's, it's spelled <laughs> the same way. <laughs> what? Uh, I'm trying to buy myself time. Uh, a fair I'm, catch. An F-A-R-E catch. <laughs> Somebody who grabbed money. <laughs> Uh, so I'm guessing that a fair catch, uh, is whenever, God, <laughs> okay, there's, there's two ways that I can think of this in my head. It's either whenever I say you're the, my receiver, I'm the quarterback. So I throw it to you and, uh, and you meant to catch it. I meant to throw it to you and you catch it, um, maybe past the line of scrimmage or, or however it works. That's either a fair catch or a fair catch is whenever, it's thrown and anybody on your team 
catches it. <laughs> not, n- you are oh, uh, not even close. Uh, a fair catch has to do with kickoff return and punt return. Okay, okay. So it's uh, it's fair in the sense that um, your team has retrieved the ball from that. Fairly without cheating? Uh, sure. Okay, no. Is there a way to cheat that? I don't know. Okay, have you ever seen... It's not the way I was thinking it. Have you ever seen when one team punts the ball and the guy that's back deep to catch it looks up and does this? Oh, he waves. Waves yes, his yes, hand yes. and then he catches the ball and then the play's di- over. As soon as he catches the ball, that's just where they start right there. Yes. That's a fair catch. Okay, so it, it's like catching and saying that, hey, we're... We're sitting here. We're not going to yeah, return we're, it. We're, we're going to. Okay. And, and what it. does. What are you trying to do, Drew? Uh, what I does. I think his hands are cold and he's trying to fit them in his mouth. It's <laughs> so cold in here. <laughs> All right. Glad I didn't bring my water in. Otherwise, it. I just. I, I wanted. This is my last question. I want. Oh, wait. No, it's not. I got one more. Two more. Okay. Uh, so, why do you think. What is the advantage of calling fair catch? The advantage of calling a fair catch. Uh, I imagine it stops the clock. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing I'm doing good because of the laughter. Um, <laughs> I, I suppose uh, it, it would. I, I mean, it's it. You don't have a chance of fumbling the ball if if you stop the play. If immediately. you wave a fair catch and you don't catch it, it is a fumble. And that ball's live. Okay. Uh, well, I, I imagine, in my, in my head, I'm imagining I wave, I catch the ball, and then the advantage of doing that would be just to stop the play right there immediately so you don't have a chance of, I don't know, fumbling. That's the only thing I can think so of. If so if it's a, okay, you're say you have dropped back to catch the ball, and you're on, say, you're 20 or okay. 25. So you're, you're already past... You're already past where it would be if it was a touchback. You're on the 25. And they've kicked it from, like, their own five or something like that. And um, they kick it really high, so it takes a long time to get to you. So by the time I would catch it, the other team would basically already be there. And they're running full speed because yes, they've had the whole field to pick up their momentum. It negates uh, injury. So, that's yeah, that's one big advantage because you are very likely to get wiped out and smoked. Obliterated. Well, Obliterated. I mean, logically, yeah, that makes sense. It's something I would just think about because the, the old mind, rules but. before you before you didn't wave fair catch. Mortal Kombat's finish him would play, and then you'd just be absolutely decimated. Oh, yeah, you would die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, last question: What does it mean to be in the shadow of your own end zone? God, it sounds like an unreleased Lincoln Park song, doesn't it? It, it is. No, it's Shadow of the Day. <laughs> That's the Lincoln Park song. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I shouldn't have known that. Um, I'm going to say the shadow of your own end zone is uh, whenever you are on the defensive um, and you're within, say, 10 yards of your own end zone. Or, or would it be uh, that you're on the offensive and you're within um, 10 yards of your own end zone? I feel, close I feel like it's one of those two. It's either... The second one is correct. If you're within 10 yards of your own end zone on offense, your own end zone is right behind you. So you're in the shadow of your own end zone. So that would be as if you caught the ball from a kickoff on the one-yard line, waved a fair catch, and 
planted the play right there because you weren't one yard back in order to make that a safety.
these a lot better. <laughs> Do you happen to know which country built them first? Germany? Mm, no. I, I, ugh. Who, who built the first tank? Mm-hmm. Or rather, who, who built Little Willie, I should say. Man. Um, well, it's called Little Willie, so probably the United States. I, the first tank, I feel like this is a trick question, but yeah, why not? I'll just go with the United States. It was Britain. Uh, and the United uh, States will come up at another point in this. Okay, second question. What is, uh, who, rather, is the most famous World War One pilot? You should be able to get this. Red Baron. And, Drew, you accept. Do you know what his name is? Uh, and, yes, it is the Red Baron, but what is his name? I'm not sure what his name is. Do you know? I don't remember, no. It's, it's a type of pizza. Uh, Ed, wonderful pizzas. Uh, his name is Manfred Albrecht. Uh, he was a German pilot, of course.